Welcome back to the Jesus People Podcast. Jesus People is an intentional Christian community living in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago. Join us today as we interview Orion. Reverend Orion is a seasoned urban ministry practitioner who also serves as a spiritual director, retreat facilitator, and Enneagram consultant. In June of 2019, Orion retired from full-time pastoral ministry at LaSalle Street Church and is now living and serving at Jesus People USA. Welcome back to the Jesus People podcast. We're your hosts, Rebecca. And I'm Chris. And uh, it's been quite the week uh, this week. So we in Chicago, we've had a foot of snow, over a foot, about a foot and a half of snow. And uh, yeah, in one week, I, I did read a, it was in the last 20 days, we've had 36 inches. Yeah. Three feet of snow. So in, it's in, quite, in a month. Yeah, yeah. I know for me at work, I mean, in the roofing industry, snow is huge and it's, it's a big deal. And we have this giant parking lot. We've had to rent a Bobcat to, to go. And I love it because I get to drive the Bobcat. So it's fun for me. So to do all of our snow removal and all, we have a Bobcat and we have to clean it all up. And it's, uh, it's incredible. There's um, but, been, uh, there's been shoveling parties going on, which has been really, really fun. I wish I could have been a part of some of them. They've usually been when I'm putting my kids for a nap or to bed or something, but I was, um, I was in the Bobcat. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I will so say you, the, the first big snow we had, I actually, um, I went to Lakefront to clean up all the snow and someone had called me and said, hey, is there any way you could get the bobcat over here to clean up the alley? Oh, and we, we really didn't have yeah. to get it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I come home and I park, you know, a couple blocks away in the parking garage and I have to walk down and through our alley. I get to our alley. It's clean. It's clean. Yep. parking yep. lot at Lakefront where we just cleaned it. And it's yeah. uh, like I call up the, the person that asked me to get the bobcat. They go, oh, no, we just had like 30 people out there and we yep. shoveled and snowblowed and Every car was clean. They had the windshields clean. It yeah. was amazing. They had this giant snow removal party, which is amazing. Your kids must be loving this. What did oh, you yes. think of the snow or first snow? She definitely has been. Um, we we brought her out and had her heel around in it. And at first she was really hesitant. And then she kept wanting to just dive into it fully. And I couldn't <laughs> let her. Like, You're just going to bury yourself in ice. But, yeah, exactly. But Theo, who's four, he is just in heaven. We, we go out twice a day. He's doing everything. A bunch of the kids built a big snow fort. They have this, that, that when it melted and then froze again, it turned into ice. So it, it's almost like an igloo now. That's pretty nice. amazing. And um, yeah. Great. So, well, and I think another, another great thing, you know, we're just entering into Lent. Um, <laughs> and so for Lent, we have, I think we've talked about the chalet that we have outside, but if we have it, we have this, it almost looks like a little ski hut. It's, it's made out of pallets and just scrap wood and it's, it's all drafty so that it, it you know, it can, uh, it can be ventilated. So, cause we're still in this silly pandemic um, and we got a heater in it and then mm -hmm. we have a fire pit mm -hmm. out in front. And so through Lent, um, every night at 6.45, we're having a little Lent service, just a little mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. 15, 20 minute reading. And we're, you know, we're just getting together and celebrating Lent together in a safe space over a fire pit. My beard still, still smells like fire from last <laughs> night. So it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I have the, the, the wafting of a campfire coming up my face. Uh, I'm so grateful to have this time that we can actually gather together in winter. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, that's just one of the beautiful things about our yard that we can, um, even on these freezing cold, 
snowy days um, connect and gather together in some way. Yeah. So that's, that's a no, gift. And, and sure. being able to, to find a way to celebrate Lent together mm-hmm. without a computer mm-hmm. screen. You know, mm-hmm. so many things that we're doing as a community have, have a camera and a screen between us, like, like you and I right now. Um, mm-hmm. And to be able to go out into a, a nice safe space for a few minutes and, and just, exactly. you know, worship God together is, is, is so, so amazing. Yeah. 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 It's been a gift for sure. So I'm really excited about today's uh, podcast. Today we're interviewing Orion. Uh, Orion came to Jesus People in her retirement. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. I enjoyed talking to Orion so much. I loved hearing her journey and her story and her perspective. And so I hope you do as well. So let's go. Welcome, Orion. Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Rebecca. Very excited to talk to you about your journey. Um, So just to start us off, I'd love for you to tell us your story. Tell us um, what led you to moving into the Jesus People community? Well, I'm going to, with your permission, I'm going to go way back to Please. 1970. 1970. Please. I was a fledgling guitar player with a propensity toward rock and roll living in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, I heard that a Christian coffee house had just opened called the Adam's Apple. And I didn't even know what that meant. I thought maybe it meant that you can't smoke in the coffee house. I had no clue. I was not a follower of Christ at that point. So I went down, auditioned to play. It went great. Um, And I I went back to the coffee house for a concert they had. And all of a sudden, everyone's talking about Jesus. And um, the director of the coffee house, John, had had shared a little bit during my audition, following my audition, uh, just kind of hanging out. Uh, sharing his, what we would say his testimony, right? His, like how he came to know Christ. I'm going, okay, that's cool. Um, But all this talk about knowing Jesus, and I didn't know anything about this stuff. I did not grow up in a church going family. Um, So I listened and it's fascinating that within a week, I went back down to the coffee house and committed my life to Christ. Uh, so wow. in July of 1970, not having any clue what I was getting into, I just knew I was a Christian. <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant, but it was, I mean, it was pretty awesome. So I was, I was good. Um, and shortly after I was able to plug in to the, the really, there was a really vibrant musical community in Fort Wayne, Indiana, of all places, based out of the Adam's Apple and our kind of mothership church, Calvary Temple. Um, in fact, Honey Tree was, is, is, was and is based out of uh, that ministry. Uh, Petra got their start there. So I was hanging out with those guys. Um, and then in 1974, so we're all doing music, we did a joint concert with Resurrection Band. Got to meet Glenn and Wendy. And in fact, we had them come to Fort Wayne a, a year or two after that to do a, a gig, you know, do a concert for us in Fort Wayne. So I met them and just thought they were so wild and wonderful, right? And uh, we all were part of uh, what we refer to now as the Jesus movement. So it was a, a wonderful move of the Holy Spirit all over the place. So I kind of kept in touch with Glenn and Wendy through the years, um, mostly through Cornerstone Magazine. Uh, but it was I just was so impressed with the community here, with Jesus people, with the radical evangelism of Res Band. You know, it was just so awesome. So I'm still in Fort Wayne. Um, in 1983, I experienced the first of three divine nudges that I have ex- that, that I've experienced in my life. Um, and I didn't realize that until I was kind of preparing for our time together. And I really felt I love Fort Wayne. Well, I did. I love it. I mean, okay, that's another story. But anyway, um, <laughs> felt a nudge toward a new adventure. 
And uh, so, and I was thinking a new adventure, what would I want to do? So in in 1983, I came to Chicago, jumped on the Amtrak and came and met with Glenn Kaiser, one of the founding members of the community and a founding member of ResBand and explored if this would be a good option. Well, it didn't feel at that time like it was a good option for me. And, uh, you know, love you guys, but mm, no. Uh, <laughs> lo and behold, six months later, I'm doing a gig up at Spring Harbor University in Michigan. And they say, hey, you should come to school here because I hadn't finished my, my uh, bachelor's degree. And so I went, okay. So that was, that was what that nudge was. The new adventure was being at Spring Harbor for a total mm. of 10 years uh, working in the area of, of student ministries with them and teaching some urban ministries class and um, got ordained in 1986. And just, it was a great, a great time of being in that, that community up in Michigan. Um, and then fast forward, 1994, I got a call from Chicago, my friend John, who was the executive director of Olive Branch Mission, really old mm-hmm. mission here in Chicago, saying, hey, you should come and lead our urban studies program for college students and seminarians. Um, we're going to be based out of West Englewood on the south side, and I think you'd love it, and we would love to have you. And so I you know, prayed about it and talked with my people and ended up here in Chicago. Um, and since then, have worked with several ministries, uh, most recently serving as an associate pastor at LaSalle Street Church here in Chicago. Okay, so we just went from 1970 to 2018. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's that's my story. Okay, you're with me. You're with me. I Got see. You. Yes, yes. We're trying. Okay, thanks, you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so September of 2018, I once again felt that nudge. So there was the nudge to to leave Fort Wayne. There was the nudge to come to Chicago, and then there was this nudge where the Lord it felt like God was saying to me, "You're done here at the church. I've got a new adventure for you." So, uh, you know, I've learned through the years as a single woman to have my own personal board of directors. So I took it to my crew, who I called Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and Lo, Jesus, the Lord, (laughs) Uh, my friend Mary in Michigan, my friend Joseph, who's also in Michigan, and my friend Lois, who's here in Chicago. And so we're just holding this in prayer. So this is September. The next month, there's a spiritual director's retreat because I'm a spiritual director and two of the members of the, of the Jesus people community are at that retreat. And I felt that little, that little, you should talk to them. Ooh. I didn't really, I don't know if the Holy spirit has that kind of a high voice. Maybe it's more like you should talk to them. Um, so I said, Deb, Julie, what do you think about my moving into JP? You know, would that, what do you think? And they went, ah, oh, you should do it. So I went through the whole process just like a regular person. And, um, filled out my little application and met with folks. And it was one of those situations and we don't always have these, but where the doors opened, everything went smoothly. And uh, in the end of June of 2019, I, and I'm, I'm using air quotes, people who are listening, they're air quotes. I retired from the <laughs> ministry and moved into Jesus people. And here I am. Well, that's awesome. So let me ask you then. So you retired air quotes. So what? So as a Christian, what what does retirement look like to you? <laughs> I know you know. There's that adage that I, I actually heard from some people here. They went, well, you know, we you know we in God's kingdom we never retire. I went, I know. Yes. But if you use the word, then people will just kind of leave you alone a little bit. Well, <laughs> well, I know, right? Uh, I, I or think, ask you to do something else. <laughs> that's right. So I do think it's interesting that that for my generation, I'm a baby boomer. 
Um, and baby boomers were the people born between 1946 and 1964. I too am a baby. 67. Yeah, I, I was born in 1953. And many of us are in our middle to late 60s and we still have our health. We're still in our right minds. We have energy. We have curiosity. And we want to continue to contribute to the world. We're not ready to sit around and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do feel like there are opportunities mm-hmm. for us that we can take advantage of, like moving into Jesus people, mm-hmm. um, th- where we can still be, we can use our, our experience and our wisdom and our skills and talents. I mean, all the things that we've, we've accumulated and that we've amassed through our careers, we can continue to use maybe in different ways. Or I have a friend I'm thinking of inviting to come stay with us for a while that he's a corporate guy, but he just wants to fix stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, him being on a ma- the maintenance crew here at, at Jesus People, you know, where we live in a 10-story hotel, so there's a right. lot of maintenance, um, mm. he would love that. So, I think it is a different notion from, you know, this isn't your mom's retirement. So, if going you, on that, what, mm-hmm. what do you think Jesus People has to offer to people that are retiring? You know, whether they're someone coming from ministry or someone coming from a professional background? You know, do you think that, that we as a ministry, as Jesus People USA, has something to offer to someone coming into retirement? You know, I think, I really think we do. And I realize that, that folks who have like a whole household set up, I've always lived pretty simply. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that big of a deal for me to, to move here. Um, but you hear about people doing one or two year mission stints, if you will, yeah. like gap years after college or uh, I have several friends that they would they picked up their families two different times and moved like way overseas to China for a year and then to Africa for five years, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that an opportunity like Jesus People, it offers that kind of, of focus, um, that opportunity to continue to learn and grow. Uh, I think of some of my folks here in the city that if they lived with us for a year or two, they would see a whole different side of our beloved Chicago mm-hmm. than they've experienced for the last, you know, 30 to 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I think it is an opportunity for us to invest our time and energy. Um, and it's an opportunity for us, especially as followers of Jesus, to, to what is it? To allow ourselves to be creative, to allow ourselves to be resourceful yeah. and maybe do mm-hmm. things that we haven't had the, the luxury of doing during our careers. Well, I think yeah. all of us, we have, we, we all say, Oh, if I only had time to do this, right. you know, and, and heck you're, you're retiring, you're healthy. Well, now you have something that you didn't have before. And that was time. I love the idea of a gap year from retirement. You always hear that of someone that's uh, in between uh, the phase of life of high school and college or I college the in the real world. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or college in the real world. Yeah. But finishing up your career too. What does what you know? I'm I'm not going to go sit in an RV somewhere. I want to I want to do something, right? You know, so that yeah, is, and really I wonderful. I think some of the beauty of that is that you have developed so many um, in in going through a career path or a few different career paths. You've developed so many skills and so much wisdom that I also think in a communal setting you can be of so much value for the people around you. And, um, and that's, I, I feel like you bring so much value to my life, just in, in your encouragement, in your wisdom, in your skill sets. Um, and I'm curious on for, for you on a personal level, what, what's keeping you here? So you see the value 
that it can bring. And you've now been here for how long exactly? A year and a half? Yeah, about a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half. Yeah. Um, and what's what's keeping you here after past a year, Mark? Because when I first met you, you talked about uh, spending a year, but now now it's a year and a half going on two. What's well, actually, actually, I signed up for two years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because, and, and for folks listening, a year is fine, but all of us who have been in ministry, we know that a year is just getting started, that two years yeah. is like optimal, right? So I signed up for two years, but I've already met with the leadership team here at Jesus People and said, okay, so I'm 67 and a half, and I think I would like to be here at least until I'm 70, God willing. And so they graciously said, well, okay. Um, I don't know why I think everyone has high voices, but they said, okay. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> That's the cartoon part of me coming out, I guess. From um, being a seven. I know. From being an Enneagram seven. Yeah. <laughs> Very scary. Uh, but what keeps me here? You know, yeah. um, there, there are deep things and there are practical things and there are fun things that keep me here. Mm. So I'll start with the deep. How's that? Mm -hmm, Uh, The values that are shared here in this community, there are, I think I counted it up. There are over 170 of us, including children. I didn't include the very few pets we have, but uh, living here at, you know, on Wilson Avenue in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago at Jesus People. Uh, I love the fact that we are sharing life, space, and resources you know, the economy of communal living is amazing. Mm. So as I'm, you know, in this first season of my retirement era, I don't have to worry about rent and utilities and cable and really even food. I mean, we have like the best food here ever. We have a commercial dining room. We have a whole kitchen staff. I mean, mm. it's, it's pretty amazing. So that, that sharing sense I love, and we're sharing resources and yeah, I really, that to me is, is a value I also adhere to. Uh, the lifestyle of simplicity mm-hmm. that we all have, you know, some of us, um, I think, might have taken a vow of poverty, and that's cool. I took a vow of simplicity in my late 20s that I've adhered to this whole time that I just want to live a simple lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I can do that here in a way that, that's so liberating, it's so freeing. Um, and then serving our neighborhood and serving each other. You know, in Uptown, uh, this is a this is a wonderful neighborhood. It, it's got the grit and the glory of Chicago. You know, it's not total <laughs> yeah. hood hood, but it's 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 we got our hood moments, uh, which yeah. I love personally. Yeah. Um, so it, it's truly the city, and we're not being an isolationist faction of Christians. We're we're really mm-hmm. engaging with folks experiencing homelessness, our neighbors. I mean, just all over the place. Um, and then undergirding all of that is that we all desire to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's like the deep thing that's keeping me here. Um, another pragmatic thing that's keeping me here is the diversity of our population mm-hmm. that um, we all tend to be of the lighter hue as far as our skin tones but we've got hippies and goths and skateboard people and rock and rollers and Celtic music folks and country and folk music folks and artists and creators. I mean, it, it's this, this place is a hotbed of creativity. It just blows mm-hmm. me away. Chris and I were talking, I think it was last night about yeah, last night, yeah. the original artwork that we see produced here constantly, whether it's writing or painting or music. 
I know it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. It still blows my mind. I was, that's what I was saying. <laughs> just every holiday we have brand new art every Sunday, every meeting. Yeah. And it's, and it's not art that's recycled from the year before. Most times it's just, it blows my mind. Pre-pandemic when we were doing our worship gatherings all together too. And hopefully very soon we can start that again, but um, the diversity in uh, worship leaders and the styles the different yeah. styles of music and yeah, and I just there's nothing it. like being led in worship by a goth guy, right? But it really it's all here. I mean, that's one of my yeah. my mantras because I you know I still write a little bit of music. I love playing the guitar. I write poetry. Blah blah blah. You know all this stuff, and it's like it's all here. Mm-hmm. So what is what a joy that is. And then on the fun the fun part of things for me, is the intergenerational aspect of our community. Yeah. Um, yes. and, and Rebecca, you know that your son, Theo, who is, what is he, four now? Yep, yep. Four. Theo is my spirit child. <laughs> so he is like a little mini Enneagram 7 who I adore. Yes. So we have these little kiddos. <laughs> I've got you know a, a little girl down the hall here who always comes and visits my turtle, George Jr., um, and wants to say hi to George. And so we've got the little kiddos. We've got the high schoolers where... Um, I, I got to do an Enneagram workshop with them a while back, which was so fun. Five of our high school kids who are, you know, kids of family members here who live in community. Mm-hmm. Um, and even things, uh, I'm, I'm reading a book, the Brian McLaren's new book, uh, Faith Beyond Doubt, that Teal, one of our leaders here, uh, one of our coordinators, he's probably, what, 30-ish or something years old, mm-hmm. we're reading Faith Beyond Doubt together. Um, so that's such a joy. You're coming out with, with the young moms. Rebecca, you're a young mom, and there are several others. Uh, you're mm-hmm. out in our side yard, which is like our version of a playground, and it's amazing. Um, coming and hanging out with you guys, when I, you, know, you, you moms, when I can. So that intergenerational aspect is great. Um, and actually, jumping back to the pragmatic, I, I do feel like I'm bringing value. It's so yes. great. You're not just yeah. accommodating me. You know, the old... Um, short-term mission story of, yeah, we've got this wall and we just have the mission groups come in and paint the wall. <laughs> keep them busy, right. keep them out right. of the right. um, And, you know, I am an Enneagram consultant. I'm a spiritual director. Um, I've done a lot of pastoral ministry. I've also mm-hmm. headed up some nonprofits. So all that is being utilized here mm-hmm. at Jesus People in a way that is helpful for you all mm-hmm. uh, and makes me feel, yay, you know, yay, I'm helping. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is just wonderful. No, that, that is awesome. And I think that's one of the things with community is how, when someone new comes in their strength, just, they just, it's like, it's like a snowball. You take, you take a snowball and someone new comes in, you just pack them in there and that snowball becomes stronger. If you will, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but with all the snow lately, I think that's a good analogy, <laughs> um, you know, and, and it, and you just, you, we take everyone's strengths. And I think at the same time, we're able to take and help shore up their weaknesses. I yeah. think that's, that's one of the other good things with, and I think you just brought so much to us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the Enneagram, um, with being a spiritual advisor and, and being able to work with some of the other spiritual advisors. I'm sure you guys are having your little secret spiritual advisor meetings. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> we have a handshake <laughs> and everything. <laughs> but well, no, yeah. I love, I love how much uh, you've brought to us. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted to say that here. It's been great. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Chris. Well, you know, and 
And one of, the, one of the things I really appreciate about the leadership and the methodology here at Jesus People is, like when I came in, um, it was made clear to me that, that uh, the, the coordinators are the ones who help you with your, what we'd call your work assignments, because everyone does something, you know, we're all, mm-hmm. we're all involved in keeping this thing going and the different, you know, our 15 businesses and ministries that we have going on all over the place here in the neighborhood. Um, and they made it really clear that we want, we want to plug you into areas where you feel, feel good, like things you like doing, things you're good at. We're not going to set you up for failure. However, there are things that we all need to tend to. We mm-hmm. call that clean team. So we <laughs> don't, have, we don't oh, yes. hire a service to keep things clean here. We all do it. So my, my weekly chore, which is perfect for me, is I hand our food out to folks on the line, as we call it, down in the dining room, because during the time of COVID, our food is all prepared here in-house, and it's amazing. Then we prepackage it distribute it to each of our members who then have to take it back to their rooms to eat because we're basically in lockdown because there are so many of us. Um, and might I say that because of that lockdown, we have not had a COVID case here for about a month and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my weekly thing. I get to be on the line like a little hostess woman. It's so, it's great going here, have a salad, you know, here, have some stroganoff. Um, so that's fun. And then, and then every fifth weekend, we all are on different teams so I get to work the front desk and the phones. So mm. I get to buzz people in and out um, of the front lobby because we are a fully secure building. Uh, and we have a senior program on the top three floors with about 100 seniors. So I get to see them. So for me as an extroverted Enneagram 7, those two <laughs> jobs, I mean, it's awesome. Are just too perfect. Yes. I know, way too perfect. Well, and I'll I say also an Enneagram 7 and an extrovert, the time of dinner and going to get dinner you know, the, it, we don't have all these big times where we're able to get together. And it's, right, it's like right. that moment of cheating. It's like, oh, I'm going to go be with more than three people at once, maybe, you know, and you get yeah. to see the different people. So that that is such a joy. And I always love it when you're down there because oh, we always thanks. talk a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's been great. This, this does bring me to one of the questions I wanted to ask you about um, after only six months of living in community, <laughs> we are, we hit a pandemic. And so that oh does, my. you know, bring me to my question of what's that been like of being in community during lockdown pandemic time? Um, it's just a weird time to be living here. And so. It is a strange thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I mean, yeah, you're right. Because I was, I've just been getting to know people. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like, everyone stay in your rooms, which we needed to do, you know, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, oh, I miss you guys. I do get to pass you in the hallways. Um, and I did, I was, uh, I'm so fortunate that, that the leadership provided me with a, a space to work in. So I have an extra room in addition to my sleeping room um, where I can meet with people. I'm on one side of the room, they're on the other. I have a HEPA filter, we're masked the whole nine. Uh, but that has really been helpful for me. So I can meet with people in the house, as we say, yeah. folks who live here, either yeah. for Enneagram consultations or spiritual direction or life processing, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that's helped me not like lose my mind. Um, yeah. And seeing people in the hallway, you know, just saying, hey, but it has been, it's been really hard not, not taking meals together, not being yeah. able to eat together in the dining yeah. room. Um, but the other thing too, I really want to mention is how amazing our, we have a team called the, 
you know, the JP COVID team, that they are making sure we're observing our rules and regs. The kitchen staff has been, in fact, your mom, who is mm-hmm. part of the kitchen mm-hmm. staff, well, she's the head of the kitchen. I yeah, yeah. Enneagram six, and she's been two weeks ahead of the curve the whole time. So our food and kitchen, everything's been primo sanitary, primo safe. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's been a little strange, um, but you know we're all hanging in there. We do community gatherings through Zoom, and um, we can hang out outside in our side yard. We have a fire pit which we love. Uh, so. Yeah, we're all just hanging in there. But if I were, if I were still in a little studio apartment down on LaSalle Street mm. by myself, oh, it'd be so difficult. Yeah. 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 I find yeah, myself so- praying for people that are shut in, uh, especially mm-hmm. those that are extroverts. You know, I think yeah. even an introvert, if you're an introvert and you're shut in, the extrovert in you is going to come out in time. You can only be mm-hmm. alone for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, that's something that I definitely uh, yeah. put back into my prayer life of how is, how is quarantine affecting those that are totally shut in? Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah. when, when we first did the lockdown in March, you know, the global lockdown, a number of my beloved friends contacted me and said, do, do we need to, what they would say, do we need to airlift you out of there? You know, do you need to come <laughs> stay with us and we'll just quarantine together. And I, I said to each one of them, uh, this is where I want to be. There is no place else I'd rather be than mm. with 169 other people in a 10-story hotel in Uptown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And as alone as we are, the, the community still shines yeah. during a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of help that we're able to give everyone else and support via Zoom, via knocking on the door and stepping back HEPA filters when you need to meet together, you know, it, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I will say that I think community is definitely a, a, a wonderful place to, to have to spend a pandemic myself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. I just think so in the values of living more simply, um, do you feel, so you were saying, um, you already, you, you already took this, this vow of simplicity in your twenties, um, and held on to that. So for you, there, was there a big challenge? Were you downsizing big time when you came to community? What, what might be some challenges for someone who has a, um, who has a home, who has maybe a, a lifetime of stuff they've collected in moving into community that, that you might see that, that people might still know this is still worth it, even through those challenges, or there's ways around those challenges, or I'm curious in, in terms of that, what your thoughts are there? That's a great question, Rebecca. Um, I think especially for people my age who might have a lifetime of, especially if you've raised a family, right? Mm-hmm. You've got mm-hmm. all your kids' stuff and your stuff and memories. I mean, there's just, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I think the, the one to two year commitment thing could be absolutely wonderful. You know, mm-hmm. some of my friends who I think I mentioned who did the global thing of going overseas for a year, they would sublet their home. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't, you know, so I think the the notion of trying it out mm-hmm. could be a could be really helpful for folks. Um, I know that many of my peer group here in the city, folks who raise families, they've all downsized and and moved into condos. You know, so mm-hmm. they they've done this a similar process. 
um, just landed in a different place. Yeah. yeah I, some of the challenges that I thought um, I might experience that I didn't uh, were just the, the sense of autonomy and freedom. And mm-hmm. um, I do, you know, I do have a little bit of income through social security because I am at that age. And the way Jesus people is structured um, these days, at least, allows for that. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like the ministry and the leadership has has been willing to flex with me a bit, so that I am. I mean, I'm all in, and I love our ministry, um, but I do have these additional things, kind of and side jobs. And then I come to mm-hmm. find out that many of us here in the community have side jobs. So it's, yeah, yeah, know, it's not it's not a problem. No. Yeah. So y'all aren't yeah. going to take my my social security check from me, you know. <laughs> I mean, and that I'm just getting real. Right. I'm just being free. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that's a question many many people ask of all ages when they are they're looking into applying. They think, do I have to donate my paycheck? Do I have to donate my savings? Do I have right. to take this this vow of um, giving up all my possessions? And mm-hmm. so right. Yeah. So they, I, I think that's something that we've not touched on on the podcast. So I'm, I'm glad that we're hitting it. Mm. I think I think you know my wife is in leadership here, and when when someone is saying that they want to come, one of the first things they tell them to do is don't sell everything. Right. Do not mm-hmm. sell your house. Do not sell your car. Do not sell you know all your clothes at the uh, in a yard sale because what if you come <laughs> two months later you go, this is nothing like what I expected. Right. You know, so no, I think that that's great. And, and I'm glad that, that we touched on that. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, everyone's going to have a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have, I mean, my kitchen stuff is in mm-hmm. my friend's basement, my friend mm-hmm. Lowe of Jesus, Mary, Joseph and Lowe. <laughs> so I've got, you know, several boxes of dishes and, and kitchenware that I'll figure out what to do with. Um, but for me, my experience has been almost the opposite. Like the deeper mm-hmm. I go, into how our community functions and the character of people in this community, uh, the better it gets. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's the opposite. Like you go, oh, this is, you know, this is so shiny and beautiful. And then you look behind the curtain and go, oh, no. Um, <laughs> and for me, it's been, you know, I just want, I don't know what to expect, but here we go. And as I get deeper and get to know people, you know, more intimately and, and yeah, it's just been really good. And, and the different aspects of our mission that just blow me away. Like I get to be part of the, the everybody's coffee management board and that everybody's coffee, anybody here in Chicago listening to this, stop by. We have been open during the whole pandemic. This is a coffee shop with a mission. Any profit we make goes to support Cornerstone Community Outreach, our homeless shelter system here in Uptown. I mean, it's just, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I get to be a part yeah. of that mission, yeah. a coffee as a mission. I mean, who knew? I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I will say, I, I love what you just said about, you know, coming in and peeking behind the curtain. And, mm. and I think one thing that I love about you and coming in here, I think that you ran up to that curtain and you whipped it back and you went, <laughs> Ooh, I can help with that. And I can help with that. And I can help fix that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's one of the, the great things about you is that you've come mm-hmm. in and really instantly let your voice be heard and let your strengths just shine. Mm-hmm. And uh, and becomes such an integral part to Jesus People USA, and I thank you for that. I think yeah. that it's been really great. I agree. I think I think one of the val- the biggest values that you bring to me personally, um, and I think to our community is is I hope we're a place where everyone 
coming here to visit, stay, or live feels seen and heard and valued. And I think that you do that so beautifully. Um, Whenever I'm with you, I feel like you're listening to me. I feel like you see me. I feel like you value me. And so I just think that that is a huge gift you bring. And so I'm I'm thankful for you so much every day. Thank you for talking with us today. This has been so pleasant. This whole conversation. I love the insights you've brought. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And let me just say to your, your listeners. So if you're, if you're someone who's a little bit older, let me know. I'll talk to you. I'll tell you all the scoop, you know, contact us. If you're a son or daughter or a grandson or granddaughter, this could be for your parents or your grandparents, you know, to think about coming to serve with us or for a summer once things open up again. I mean, they're, it's just a great, it's a great way of living and doing ministry that, that I just wish everyone could have at least a taste of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if you send us an email and you just put in the, that you want this to go to Orion, we can get that, that sent right over to Orion and make sure that she gets that email as well. Well, did you have any, uh, any last thoughts that you, you would like to bring up Orion? Um, yeah, this has been really, this has been so refreshing to be with you guys. So thank oh, you so much. You. So much, so much. So I, I agree. So yes, thank you very much for being with us. I think that, uh, who knows, maybe we will talk again sometime on Jesus People Podcast with you. Thank you. We'll see what the future holds. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, or if you'd like to get in touch with Orion, email us at jppodcast at jpusa.org. That is jppodcast at jpusa.org. Thanks for tuning in.